Hello and welcome to the BarCast. I'm your host, Nick Barr, coming to you Tuesday evening. It's been a cold, sunny day here in San Francisco. I uh, did some reflecting over the break. Uh, This is the first BarCast of the new year of 2018. Um, Of course, I reflected on the BarCast. I looked at some stats, uh, you know, how we're doing, what our listener uh, numbers look like, and it's undeniable that people love the BarCast when we have guests on and uh, when we discuss sort of the work of others, preferably contemporary work, even if that's like the newest Star Wars movie. Um, But I also um, talked about uh, meaningness um, and David Chapman's work, and that was one of my more listened to bar casts. So people like it when I engage with other people and um, taking that to heart, I'm going to get more guests on this year. This year is going to be all about guests. I'm definitely going to ask a lot of people to come on the BarCast. Maybe I'll make a spreadsheet so people can sign up for the BarCast or ask me to talk about things. Um, that's all happening. But that's going to happen after this BarCast because this BarCast is just me. And I'm going to talk more about... Um, kind of untimely stuff. And I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. My last BarCast, I think, I I think it was my last one was about Buddhism. And I think this one's going to touch on Buddhism and I'm recording this in my closet and I have a candle going and I just don't know, I don't know what's happening to me. I am drinking. So there's that. Um, The candle is absinthe and fig and I bought it on a whim at CVS of all places. Like someone had asked me, you know, do you think you'll ever buy a candle? I would have said no in the first place, but ever buy a candle at CVS? I couldn't think of anything that's less me, but the candle smells really good. I was just looking at the reviews online and, and it gets good reviews. It's, uh, if you just Google absinthe and fig candle, you'll, you'll get it. But um, there's a website, candlejunkies.com and, uh, they give, they give it a really strong review, um, 7.2 overall pros loved the scent, nice label and jar cons had trouble with the burn quality. I'm having trouble with the burn quality too. Uh, I think this phenomenon is known as candle tunneling. I've learned, um, where sort of the, the wax isn't melting, all the way down. If you smoke, it's like when you're, when your cigarette canoes. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it smells pretty good. The company's Northern Lights. So that's a, that's a tip for you. Uh, maybe I should put a referral code in the, in the show notes, start, start monetizing the barcast and anything can happen. It's a brand new year. So, uh, I was, Walking home from meditation today, uh, and uh, we had talked about um, discursive thought 
as a, as a challenge uh, during meditation. And I was like, oh yeah, discursive thought. I definitely have that. I thought it was like, uh, you know, discourse sort of conversations in my head, um, kind of simulated conversations or, or hallucinated conversations. I like, I like hallucinated, uh, in part I'm reading that, uh, Jane's book. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like a cult classic. Um, I think the title is breakdown of the breakdown of consciousness in the bicameral mind or something like that. If you watched Westworld, they kind of shout out Jane's. In a nutshell, his theory is that consciousness evolved out of our hallucinations, um, specifically hearing the gods tell us what to do. And this, this has evolved pretty recently. So, you know, if you read Homer um, and the Iliad, like those, those people don't have consciousness. They're when they act, they're acting as automata that are instructed by hallucinated God voices. And like, I'm pretty sure he's right. It seems pretty compelling as, as wild as it sounds. It's a really great book. It's, it's worth checking out. Uh, the, the, the TLDR is pretty good, but the book is also pretty good. He has this sort of like, I mean, it's almost taboo to say Freudian, but uh, he has a multidisciplinary approach where he's looking at literature and archaeology and neuroscience and biology and all sorts of things. This is from the 1970s. So when we were talking about discursive thought, um, I was thinking, yeah, you know, I, I definitely have these conversations and I feel like they're, they're hallucinated because I'm almost in a sort of hallucinatory state when I'm hearing those conversations. Like I'm, I'm thinking I'm a part of those conversations. I think that I'm acting out, you know, and then I'll say this, but actually like on closer inspection, I think I'm just sort of a captive audience to these conversations rather than an active participant. I'm, I'm basically listening to tapes and then what's really wild is like it, it those tapes are not clearly It's not clear whether they're, they're in the past or in the future or in the present, whether they're real or imagined. They're just sort of a jumble. Um, so it's, it's easy to, to think, oh, like somehow these conversations are useful. Like I'm uh, training for the real one. Uh, and that does not hold up to any kind of inspection. I'm sure you have this too. I don't think it's uncommon. Uh, I might have it to an abnormal degree. Definitely have it for work. It's really just a work thing. I don't. Oh, I, I mean that's that's an oversimplification. It's it's certainly the worst for work. Um, so discursive thought. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely have that, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure that that's what it meant. So I looked it up online, and when you look up discursive thought online, it's it's definitely like a Buddhist invention. All the top hits are like, you know, meditation mindfulness.com or whatever. So this isn't, this, this is jargon. Um, but I was surprised because 
it, it doesn't mean what I thought it meant. In fact, discursive thought sort of just means like a wandering mind going from topic to topic. And, and that's because discursive has a meaning. Its primary meaning is, is exactly that. It's digressing from subject to subject. So synonyms might be like rambling or meandering, wandering. So I, I guess I just didn't know that meaning of discursive. And, and so discursive can also mean what I thought it meant, which is sort of over relating to discourse. And specifically discourse, you know, uh, is sort of this structured conversation. So you're talking about like synonyms maybe being like flowing or eloquent uh, discursive. And so that's kind of interesting, like flowing, eloquent, rambling, meandering. They're kind of, they're not exactly opposites, but they're kind of incompatible. And, and they all start to like spark things for me. Um, in part because I, I would say my verbal style is all of those things. I feel like I'm, I can ramble and meander, but I also can be eloquent. I can flow, uh, you know, it's, it's all these water analogies. Like you've got a river and, and sometimes you're just sort of making, uh, sort of just barreling down in a gulch or something but then you've got sort of slower moments and maybe you've got eddies or, or weird circularities. Maybe you'll have a waterfall of like total chaos. Mm. Anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. And, and going back to the word discourse itself, for me, discourse is like a special kind of conversation. Discourse can take the form of a debate between people or a, a discourse could be like a solo player lecture or sermon. But in any case, I would say discourse is characterized by sort of logical reasoning and, and discourse is carried out with a, with an aim in mind. You know, we kind of want to arrive at a certain conclusion. We might not know what that conclusion is, or we might, you know, do one of these things, say what you're going to say, say it, say what you said. So uh, discourse might might know where it wants to net out. It might not, but it, 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 it's intentional. It's it's uh, it has an an end in sight and in mind. Um, you know, in contrast, like a, a debate, a debate is like one. Like somebody wins the debate, and they might win through like employment of rhetoric. Discourse is like no, like let's let's like logically advance. Like we we, we both win. Even if we disagree, we, we will the win because meaning will be co-created uh, and we will be wiser from it. And when I think about discourse in 2018, I think about national discourse. For me, discourse and national discourse are like almost inseparable. Uh, you know, we, we, in, in, in this time of... Um, rifts and opposition and gosh and hate we need discourse we need to come together we need to talk about race and immigration we need to talk about uh the me too movement times up movement um i think i think you can you should sit for the national flag i think you shouldn't well let's have a discourse and i'm i couldn't be like more anti-discourse i i think i might be anti-discourse in every way so the strongest way is I just don't want any part of it. Like you can count me out 
for a structured conversation with someone of an opposing opinion. I, I just couldn't be less interested in it. Um, secondly, I don't, so I have no interest. Secondly, I have no knowledge. So you couldn't put me in any of those positions I just uh, brought up. Like I, I, I know which sides I would sort of emotionally pick, but I'm not ready to have a discourse about it to like rationalize it or, you know, uh, explain why sitting for the national flag is, is better. I would, I would, I would fail. So, okay. So, uh, no interest, um, certain to fail. Mm. I do think a lot of people are idiots. So I'm an idiot. Um, and I think other people are too. So I don't have, I don't have confidence in the other side. So like, I don't, I don't really think I'll be educated. So, uh, skepticism, lack of interest, lack of ability, skepticism about the other side. Uh, how else am I anti-discourse? So I think the, the, the other thing is I think I'm just like, I don't believe in the system. I don't believe in the method of thesis, antithesis, synthesis, or whatever. You know, in this way, if you go back to these two meanings for discourse, flowing, eloquent, and meandering, wandering, it's almost like the meanderers think that they're flowing. They they think there's a, the, the, the lost people think there's a logic to their wandering. I'm not wandering. I'm, I'm reasoning logically. Um, I just don't, I don't think it works. And I don't think it works because like very, very few of us are open to logical explanations and logical explanations are useful for very few things. Very few of our constructs are, are logically constructed. Mm. Don't bring, you know, what I say, don't bring a, a knife to a gunfight. Don't bring like logic to an emotions fight. And when I say an emotion, I mean to a human thing. So I'm kind of out for discourse. Um, and discourse, by the way, the etymology of it is, is that kind of going from thing to thing. Jumping from thing to thing. Uh, and I think... I think we think we're weaving a path and creating a fabric and synthesizing that I, I don't, I don't, I think we're delusional about that. I think we are just jumping, but I, I would say that I am mildly interested in conversation that is anti-discursive. So what do I mean by anti-discursive? Well, if the purpose of discourse is to kind of arrive at, uh, the thing that's correct and to construct meaning potentially synthesizing multiple viewpoints uh, anti-discourse would be everyone walks away with less knowledge we've sort of dismantled people's beliefs so the, the anti-discourse of the national flag stuff or sorry, the, uh, not national flag, uh, what's it? Anthem. You know, you bring in two people and I, you know, you, you got to stand for the flag. That's people died for that flag. And then you got the sitter, like, uh, uh, 
you should be able to make a statement about how to improve the country. And then both people leave that conversation being like, I don't have an opinion anymore. I don't, uh, yeah, I just don't, I, I, I decide I, I don't, I don't care or I just don't know. Um, that would be like anti-discourse. Um, and, and funny enough, I was, I was looking up discourse and then I thought about disc discuss, which looks pretty similar, but has a completely different root from discourse. The root for discuss is, is discutere, uh, which means dashed to pieces, which I thought was pretty cool. More, more water stuff. So uh, if the flow of the conversation is at times focused and eloquent and flowing strongly in one direction and at times meandering and at times circling back on itself and at times a, a torrent, um, you know, discussion is like the driftwood that gets exploded when it gets carried downstream. Uh, it's the idea or the assumption or the preconceived belief or the so-called knowledge that that gets um, blown up. And I love I love the family of like negative words like destroy, explode, unveil, um, disrobe, remove, lose, drop. So I, I was I was excited that discuss is sort of a cousin to that family. Um, we don't we don't use discussion that way, obviously. Um, my favorite of these words is probably dismantle. That's a Ken McLeod book. Um, Wake up to your life that has chapters like dismantling belief or dismantling attachment to conventional success. I really like dismantle for a bunch of reasons. Well, one is it's it has this nonviolent thing, right? So, or not nonviolent exactly. But I think about dismantling a gun. That's like the first thing I think about, or dismantling a bomb. So we dismantle weapons a lot. So we we remove the threat, and we also find that it's made of constituent parts. Like we don't necessarily know what those parts were, but. Um, so dismantling in some ways is sort of a, it's a, it's an optimistic or sort of positive take on negative negativity. What I mean by that is explosion is like, yeah, this, this exists and it consists of things, but we're going to blow it to pieces. So we're not going to do any analysis on it. Other things like drop or remove is like this, this not real, like it's an illusion, just let go of it. Dismantling like really. Uh, appeals to the logician in me. It's like dismantling is the is the is anti discourse, right? So, like in the same way that a logician or a, an analyst loves the construction uh, entailed um, in in discourse, so too would that same person love dismantling. It's just going in that other direction, um, and, and I like going in that direction. I wish more people wanted to go in that direction with me. What would a national dismantling look like? So if we had a national discourse, what does a national discussion or a national dismantling look like? You'd have to call it a national discussion. You'd have to trick people 
into thinking they were entering a discourse when they're actually entering a discussion and I'm using discussion in this sort of uh, irregular way, meaning like tearing things to pieces, dashing, dashing things. Um, and actually I have ideas for this. I, um, one of my dream, you know, rainy day projects would be something like convince me. Uh, I was, I was just checking on domain areas like, yeah, maybe I'll, get a domain and convince.com is available for only $250,000, but it's like you could buy it right now on Domainer, which I, I haven't really seen that before. Usually with those price tags, you have to go through like a sort of some negotiation channel. But right now, if all the listeners of the Barcast got together and put down $250,000, we could get convince.com. And, you know, it's a little bit like Reddit. So Reddit has these I guess there's subreddits, but sometimes they're sort of just tags at the beginning, like explain it like I'm five or mm, I think someone, someone told me about a few of these. So, so this is sort of a pattern, but it's basically like either, I don't know, can you please explain it to me? Or I think X, but I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. So they're sort of icebreakers, they're prompts, and they're so juicy because <sighs> This is like, it, there is such a fertile area for exploration because it taps into so many of the most interesting and also sort of grossest parts of internet culture. So um, for me, it's very gendered, like the, the, the female, I don't know, I don't get it. Can you explain it? And then the male explainer, the mansplainer, like it's like moth to a, to a, to moth to a flame, moth to a absinthe and fig candle. Um, yeah, I can explain it to you. Um, but gosh, I'm, I'm having trouble getting it. Uh, can, can you, can you explain, but why this? Almost like a two-year-old asks why, 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 or, or the five whys, um, popularized by Eric Ries in the lean startup. Um, or, you know, if you take the other approach, I'm, I'm still not convinced. What about this? Uh, point being like with enough whys or enough, I still don't get it. Um, the dream would be you would uh, create doubt in the mind of the explainer and either drive them crazy or make them lose interest or make them um, actually question their own beliefs. Any of those would be a great outcome. Um, and I think that's what discussion looks like is, is dismantling beliefs or locating the reasons for beliefs in areas that you didn't you didn't know, or you didn't expect. Um, so if you're interested in starting convinceme.com or convince.com, um, please send, oh, we, you know, I'm on, I'm on Patreon, so we can just hook up there and, uh, yeah, um, I'm excited to collaborate with you on, on this project until next time. Have a good one.